Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode on the Seeking Truth podcast, a podcast where we talk about the psychology of faith. In the last few episodes, we've been talking about faith versus works and have been unpacking the scripture about those two things. We're going to continue that conversation today with our guest, Andrew. For those who don't know, Andrew is my husband, and I know I've touched on a little bit in the past about how we've met. Um, we'll probably do another episode in the future more about like Christian relationship. Andrew has a really powerful testimony that I think a lot of people will relate to. So in our last episode, we talked about this spectrum of faith versus works, whereas on one end of the spectrum, if we're really workspace, we feel that for some reason we have to work to prove ourselves to God or to ourselves or to other people. And on the other end of the spectrum, we kind of fall into that trap of, well, I know God exists and I know that means that I'm saved, therefore I don't really have to do anything. So just wanting to know, Andrew, for, for everyone, what's been your previous kind of relationship with that spectrum or, or understanding of the faith versus works, you know, dichotomy? So I, I grew up in a very... Christian household um, to the point where, you know, we weren't allowed to watch The Simpsons, mm. weren't allowed to have Harry Potter. I remember getting a, um, a birthday Christmas present maybe when I was eight or nine and it was a magic kit. And uh, <laughs> I remember being very concerned that I was going <laughs> to go to hell, that I wasn't allowed to have that because <laughs> it was magic. Um, and as we grew up, my uh, then conservative parents became a lot more liberal. Mm. And as we sort of went on and we sort of changed churches and we moved from a bit of a, uh, an orthodoxy based church into a much more freeing open Pentecostal, you know, the very happy clappy church. Mm. We, a lot of those restrictions started to, to lift as much fun as that was. There were definite issues within that church that were extremely problematic to me as a teenager growing up. Um, wanting to sort of grow and develop and never really having a solid footing to do that from, except from, you know, hearing uh, the preacher talk. But, you know, the preacher started going down some pretty wild angles and mm. eventually me and all of my siblings ended up sort of leaving that church and eventually my parents did as well. And we all sort of drifted away from the church altogether uh, and it's been a bit of a journey to get back there. In fact, none of my family do it. Again, mm. we grew up in this and we're not in it anymore. Mm. And then I spent probably the next decade or so thinking, oh, yeah, no, it's cool. Me and God have a relationship. We've got an understanding. Everything that we're doing is cool. He's cool with how I am and I'm mm. cool with how he is. And, you know, I'm still saved because I believe in Jesus and believe he died for me and that's enough. Mm. And then I got to this point where I actually remember having uh, meeting a few different people and having a bit more of an open conversation with them about this. And they were very adamant that I was very wrong. And here I was very stalwart in my, no, 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 it's okay. We've got an understanding and being told, no, no, that's not how that works. Mm. And then I met you. And as part of meeting you, I was reintroduced to the church mm. because that was one of the 
the caveats that you came up with was that you needed somebody who was, you know, as involved in your faith as you were. And I, as I said, had an understanding. And I didn't quite understand that my understanding was very one way. <laughs> I have a... Having re-engaged with a church, having felt the connection that you get by not just listening to Christian music every now and again or occasionally reading a Bible verse or getting into arguments on Facebook with people about what religion actually is, but having a like a deeper spiritual connection, being able to go and grow with other people. And I always believe that Jesus didn't come to create a religion, but Jesus came and planted a church. Mm. He put Peter as the head of this church. Mm. And he says, and Paul says all throughout the Bible, be part of a church, be part of this community. Mm. And all of a sudden this idea of mine in my head that you don't have to be part of a church to be a true Christian. Don't get me wrong. I don't think you do, but it certainly helps. It made everything mm. make sense. Mm. Again, yeah, it's not necessarily, I might have faith that, you know, in Jesus, and I'll have faith that Jesus is my Lord and Savior, but actually having, actually showing that and being able to demonstrate that to people mm. and being able to connect with uh, like-minded believers sort of changed my whole perspective. Mm. I mean, it was different being an adult than it was being a kid. The church I came from was interesting. Mm. But the churches that I found, whilst having their own quirks so far, they're still a church. There's still a mission. There's still a motive. Mm. We still want to grow and connect as a fellowship of Christ. Yeah. Less than, you know, just doing it for the sake of doing it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's a really interesting I guess idea of even the faith versus works within the church body itself, like is the, is the church itself doing it just for the sake of doing it or are they doing it actually to reach people? Well, I know the church that we, we're at at the moment is very much focused on the community, yeah, which is always the mission, yeah. but it's just affirming to know that when I go to that church, that there are people there who are sitting in very other similar life stages as me. Mm. Or they're, they're my direct peers. Yeah. They're my neighbours and my uh, potentially friends. And yeah. all of these people who are not just in the church for the sake of being in the church, but they're in the church because they have a yearning to know mm. Jesus mm. and a yearning to be part of his body. Mm. Again, it was different when I was a teenager. Now as an adult, I get to make that choice. This is what I want to do. Yeah. I want to be part of the body of Christ, which means... I need to be in a church. Yeah. And for you being in a church, where does that fall on that spectrum? Or would you consider it a, a work? I do consider it a work. Mm. I think there's, I mean, we talk about your faith in Christ and I had faith in mm. Christ. Mm -hmm. And my actions for having faith in Christ were doing things like going out and every now and again saying, oh, you know, I'm a Christian. Mm -hmm. That was kind of the end of it. Mm. Like, good, good for you for, hey, I'm a Christian, but... Mm. What are you doing outside Where's of the that? the fruit of that statement? Yeah. Yeah. Whereas the works, being part of the church, being part of a body and being actually able to outreach mm -hmm. 
because you're part of a collective that is able to outreach. Yeah. That's the works. Yeah. Without works, faith is dead. Mm. And I do believe that being part of the church is being part of the works. Mm. Mm -hmm. And so thinking back to um, when you were in the church as a, as a child, what was your understanding of faith versus works back then? I had none. Yeah. I didn't understand it. Yeah. I went to church because my parents went to church. Mm -hmm. And then when I got into youth group, I went to church because I wanted to be, you know, with friends. I wanted to be able to make friends and be with people. Yeah. As I got older and I realized that these people weren't necessarily really my friends. They were just sort of, you know, people that I went and spent a Friday afternoon with or, a, you know, would sometimes go out with on a Sunday mm. after church. We're not necessarily there for the sake of it. They were, you know, pretty much doing the same thing as me. And that's mm. what uh, pushed me away. But it is very different when you're a child. Yeah. And you see things through different lenses. Yeah. There's a lot of growing and a lot of learning that you still have to do. Yeah. But no, being able to look back on it now and say... Well, I had opportunities back then, but I just, yeah. I wasn't aware of it. Yep. But now as an adult, I can say, this is what I, where I want to put myself. Yeah. These are the works that I want to do. Mm. I want to be part of this church and I want to see what their outreach is doing and I want to be part of it. Yeah. What, what do you consider works that Christians should do or what is God putting on your heart as works that you should be outworking in your life? Well, here's a weird uh, tangent to all of this is boy is it hard to do things by yourself yeah like imagine being the next billy graham mm. and being able to go out to the masses in the world and say i'm going to bring all these people in but where did billy graham get his start mm. he didn't just do it because he was a random person who decided that i'm going to go and do this whole mm. thing by himself he yeah. developed a network around him he developed yeah. his this body that was able to follow him around and support him and yeah. He did it in community. He did it in community. You cannot do these things alone. Yeah. You cannot go and solve homelessness. You Mm. cannot go and solve world hunger. You have to do it with a group. Yeah. You have to have support. Yeah. You might be that incredible person that can do it, but Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, it's going to be a journey. Yeah. But it's a resources thing as well. Like, you know, God might have put on your heart a good work to do, but sometimes he ties up the resources you need to access in other people to create those partnerships so that they too can experience being part of that journey and, and doing good works for others as well. Yeah. I mean, so we've had something on our mind for a long time that we want to do mm. and we're looking at just how hard it's going to be to get something started in the next, honestly, we couldn't even begin to start it in the next five, 10 years mm. if we were to do it by ourselves. We yeah. have to reach out to someone. There has to be someone that we can do that with. Yeah. Because we are not capable of doing it alone. Yeah. We don't have the resources. No. And even if we did have the resources, would we then have the capacity Mm. physically and emotionally Mm. to do it and to maintain it in the long run? No, we need to to be able to reach out and have Mm. the church. Mm. Whatever church that is, whatever body that is needs to be there to help us. We need that support. So you went through church as a young child, teenager, not really having a foundation of understanding of, of true faith, it sounds like. You were kind of there because, you know, that's what your family did. And then when your family stopped going, you stopped going. I'm really curious about that next 10-year period because you're saying that you held on in some sense to still believing in God and, and 
you know, having that recognition of him as Lord, what helped you hold on in those 10 years when you really had no reason to? I think in a lot of ways I didn't. Mm. When you accept Jesus into your life, you want to act more Christ-like. It's just an innate, it's just a natural process. When you decide I want to be a Christian and I'm going to accept Jesus into my life and you learn the works that he did and you do the things that he did on earth, mm. that's a natural process. Mm. I did not do that. Mm-hmm. I spent so long thinking that I was okay, that everything was fine. God and I have an understanding. Mm. But then I didn't. I didn't act well. I was wild. I was brash. I was hot-headed. I did the wrong thing a lot. Mm. I'm not saying that just because you become a Christian doesn't make you the best person in the world. But I'm saying that when I was sitting there saying, oh, yes, I am a Christian, if that was the case, then my actions have done a poor job of showing Mm. Christianity to the people that I interacted with. Yeah. There was always that little niggling thing in the back of my head. Yes, yes, I'm a Christian. Mm. Yes, I believe in Jesus. Yes, I've read the Bible. Read it through once. Mm. And then just, you know, just to say that I had done it. Mm. It's not the same. Mm. I think I was a a Christian in name only. Yeah. And not a Christian because I was, you know, part of the body. I wasn't, we didn't have an understanding. Yeah. What made you keep saying that you were a Christian or keep believing in God? I think it was a convenient thing to say. Mm -hmm. It was a convenient little added blessing in my life, you know? Mm. I got to wear that badge of honour. Yeah. Like stolen valour. Did you feel an extra sense of protection having, like, a acknowledging God? I think it was just so much ingrained as part of my identity yeah. for that long yeah. that it remained part of my identity. identity. Mm. Do you think that you genuinely believed in God in that part of your life? Oh, I definitely did. Yeah. I definitely believed the whole time that Jesus uh, died for my sins. John three sixteen for God so loved the world. Mm. But whether or not I lived it because I wanted to reap the rewards at the end mm. or I lived it because I actually wanted to get something out of it. Yeah. Cause again, I was pretty scummy. Yeah. And that's, that's the tension that I've been talking about on the other episodes is sometimes people on that end of the spectrum say, well, I believe in God because I know salvation comes by faith and I'm doing the bare minimum to be saved, therefore I'm sweet. And they kind of leave it at that point because they feel safe enough to leave it at that point. But there's no motivation to take it further. Kind of sounds similar to the experience you might have had where you know you believed Jesus did come to save us, you accepted that to get saved and, and have some kind of protection in eternity, but wasn't changed enough by that statement to actually let it impact your day-to-day life. There are a, a huge range of verses in the Bible that talk about it. I think there's a verse in Ephesians where Paul talks about all you need is faith. Mm. You don't need to do the extra works. Mm-hmm. And I do believe that. 
I do think that there is a point there where you don't actually need to do anything more than just believe Mm -hmm. because, and, and this is sort of where my mantra always sat, Mm. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that whoever believed in him Mm. would not perish. Mm. That was the only criteria. There Mm. was nothing more than anyone needed. Mm -hmm. But then you read further and you read James Mm. and James talks about the fact that if you don't do the thing, if you aren't willing to put the extra effort in, if you're not willing to do the work, then your faith means nothing anyway, Mm. because you're just saying it for the fun of saying it. Mm. And then when you stand up in front of, uh, God and say, I performed miracles in your name and I did this in your name. And God will say to you, I didn't know you Mm. because you chose to not, you've chosen to take the the route or the path of least resistance Mm. by saying, I am a Christian Mm. and that's the end of it. Yeah. And that's what I did for 10 years. Yeah. That's what I did for more than 15 years. Yeah. And it sounds like part of your whole faith journey and your own personal understanding of this faith versus works has been so influenced by the people around you, like from, you know, within the church, from your family, from then coming back to the church. It sounds like people really are a key part for you in your faith journey. People are the part of the faith journey. Mm. I don't think that it's possible. I would be shocked if it was possible to have a faith journey without the people. Mm. Again, Jesus came and he planted a church. Mm -hmm. He said to Peter, you are the rock in which I will build my church. Mm. And then he met with the apostles and he bought the very first part of acts is that he sent the Holy spirit so that those people had the power and the capacity to preach Mm. and spread the message Mm. and to continue to build the church. Mm -hmm. I always had it in my head, God didn't come to, or Jesus didn't come to make a religion. Yeah. And he didn't. He came to save the world. Yeah. But he spent so much time putting all of this infrastructure in place before he left. Mm. All of these people, he empowered these people to, to continue to spread his message after he was gone. Mm. And let's face it, Jesus didn't do it alone either. Mm. He had his 12 apostles. Mm. They followed him everywhere and they supported him and they continued to grow while listening to him. You need to be in something. Yeah. You, you cannot do it alone. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting that your mind warped that to, you know, Jesus didn't come to make a religion. Therefore, I don't need to be in church. But actually realizing that both can be true at the same time. We don't have to fall into the trap of doing things out of legalism or religious spirit, but actually still being a community surrounded by a body of believers who can help add to our faith, can, can teach us, can build us up spiritually and emotionally and inspire us to go out and spread the good news and do good works in the world. You're not going to get more points for going to church every Sunday. Mm. That's not how this works. Mm. It's not a scorecard Mm. where at the end you get to say, well, I had dinner with the pastor and his Mm. wife on a Sunday, or I gave money to a homeless person. It's the scorecard is when you accepted Christ into your life, how that changed you. Mm. Yeah. And the easiest way 
to continue to change and to continue to grow is to have mm. people around you to help. Yeah. Which is what the church is. Yeah. Great advice. <sighs> All right. I have a curly question for you then. Go on. So you talked about how God might judge us on how our life looks different after becoming a Christian, like how that's impacted and changed our life. What would you say about someone who's already doing good works in their life but doesn't know God and then suddenly they become a Christian? Just a curly question for you. It's a curly question. <laughs> I hate this question. <laughs> See, if you were to ask my mum, and she's going to listen to this podcast, <laughs> she would say that that person's going to heaven. Before that they accepted Jesus. But they haven't accepted Jesus and they didn't need you, but they were still doing good things. Mm -hmm. Good people go to heaven. Mm -hmm. But there is only one qualifier. Mm. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son to die and so that whoever believes in him mm. will not perish but go to, uh, go to him forever. Mm. I would challenge anyone to find any other part of the Bible that says that this is the key to heaven just doing the good thing that's all you need yeah you don't need to just do the good thing mm. you have to have faith yeah you can be a good person and not be a christian yeah absolutely you can do good on earth mm. and help people yeah and support and touch the lives of many many people without being a christian yeah if you aren't a christian and when all is said and done when you get to the end mm. and you stand before God and the heavenly hosts and he opens the book of life. If your name is not in there mm. because you haven't accepted Jesus, mm. then you've done great good. Yeah. And it's a bit of a hurtful response. And I get that it's a hurtful response because people expect you to, you know, I, I can do good things. and mm. But again, it's not a scorecard. Mm. Just yeah. because you went to church, just because you solved cancer, just because you bathed a homeless person doesn't mean you're getting into heaven. Mm. There yeah. is only one way to the Father, and that is through his Son. Mm. Yeah, because it's a, it's a gospel of grace, isn't it, in the end? It's, it's not about the things that we do. It's about our faith. But as you mentioned before, is it even a real faith if it doesn't actually inspire a genuine change in your life, which is the whole thing that we've been talking about in the last few episodes is on that spectrum in the middle is understanding I am loved no matter what I do, but out of understanding God's love for us, I want to do good things and it inspires me to want to do good things. That is the, the true gospel supported balance between faith and works. The actual balance is that when you, truly accept Jesus into your life, you naturally want to be better. Mm. You want to be Christ-like. Mm. Imagine that you're talking now to people on the work side of the spectrum who feel that they need to do the good things to prove that they're actually a Christian or prove that their faith is real or prove that they're good enough to themselves or the people around them. What would you like to say to those people? I think if you get into the legalistic, I have to do the good thing because... If I don't do the good thing, then I'm not going to make it into heaven mm. side of things. Then God will probably look at you and say, why? Mm. Your name is written into this book of life. It's a yes or no. Mm. It's not a how many points did this person score? Mm. How much better was Emma compared to Andrew? Because Emma had this mm. podcast. Mm. It's a 
we are all equal under Christ. Mm-hmm. That's not the message in the Bible. Yeah. He doesn't need you to be better than you are to accept mm. you. For the people that feel that God's going to love me regardless, therefore I don't need to stop living in sin because God's grace covers all sin. How would you explain your new understanding to them? When you take on Jesus into your life, you naturally want to become more like him. The church is described as the the bride of Christ. When you marry someone, you want to impress them. You want to do better. You want them to be able to say, yeah, that's the person I married. Mm. You sitting there and saying, oh, it's okay. I've already got the ring on my finger. She's stuck with me now. Just an awful attitude. Mm. Because she doesn't and she can get sick of and she'll move on. <laughs> she can. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing. I feel like all we've touched on today is going to be people that relate to any part of that story. I know that I've related to parts of your story um coming from the other end of the spectrum i I lean very much naturally towards the workspace i hope that this was really encouraging for you guys that it was really inspirational that you learned something from it that's it for today's episodes guys if you liked this make sure to give the video a like and subscribe to the channel to keep up to date with all of our future videos i hope you guys have a merry christmas and a happy new year and we will see you in 2024 for more seeking truth episodes Bye for now.